listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, your source for all the Baltimore Ravens news and information. Now, ice up. Good evening, folks, and welcome into the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. My name is Kyle Barber, and with me, as always, is Matthew Stevens. How are you doing, Matthew? Dude, I am doing good. About as good as a 1-6 Baltimore Ravens team? Fuck it, I've been drunk the entire time. Hey, there we go. All right, folks, <laughs> as we get this through, we are going to skip forward to next game, starting off on this podcast, and then we'll come back to last week's matchup. Also, if you do not know, the Baltimore Ravens have the first pick in the 2016 NFL Draft if we were to start right now. Talk a little bit about that and take some calls, maybe, and see what your thoughts are on this, who you'd like to take. Yes, of course. Now, starting off, it's going to be the injury report for the Ravens playing the Chargers at M&T Bank this Sunday. Matthew, can you hit me with that injury report? Well, we have the injury report for both the Ravens and the Chargers, and the injury report for today for the Ravens are did not participate. This is all did not participate. Tackle Eugene Monroe, big surprise, shoulder injury. Uh, he got that injury on Monday night against the Cardinals, uh, and the Ravens had to substitute James Hurst in on that position. Wide receiver Brashad Perryman, we've talked about this in the past. We're pretty sure he's just a homeless dude and doesn't actually exist. <laughs> Safety Trey Walker, they uh, you might remember that name as the Ravens uh, drafted Trey Walker originally as a cornerback, and you'll notice that uh, I said safety. That's not a typo on my end, and uh, it's not a typo on the Ravens' end. Uh, it looks like the Ravens have officially moved him over to the safety position. Uh, limited participation, wide receiver Steve Smith with a knee injury. Fuck the back, right? I mean, <laughs> at, at this point. Um, guard Kalechi Assembly with a knee injury. Also, he, he did come out of the... Uh, Arizona Cardinals game on Monday night as well with uh, with that knee injury. Safety Kendrick Lewis with that knee. He did miss last week. Tight end Max Williams with a knee and ankle. Uh, limited participation as well. He also missed uh, Monday night's game against the Cardinals. And full participation is safety Terrence Brooks. He is back from that thumb injury. For the San Diego Chargers, well, I guess still San Diego Chargers. Ooh, oh don't go low on me now. Don't Don't hit below the belt just yet. <laughs> Oh, baby, you know what I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, for for the San Diego Chargers, what we are looking at is uh, did not participate a, a large list. Guard Orlando Franklin with an ankle injury. Tight end Antonio Gates with a knee injury. Guard or tackle Chris Hairston with an illness. Nose tackle Sean Lissamore with a hamstring injury. Linebacker Denzel Perryman with a biceps injury. Linebacker Manti Teo. Uh, with an ankle injury, I, you know, it's it's everything in my body, not to make that joke. Um, safety, Eric Weddle, with a groin injury. Limited participation, cornerback, Craig Major, or Magger, uh, with a hamstring injury. Linebacker, Turek Williams, with a foot injury. And full participation is running back, Melvin Gordon, with an ankle injury. And center, Chris Watt, with a groin and concussion injury. So... Uh, the Ravens are getting healthier. The Chargers seem to be missing a few of their key uh, key members on both sides of the ball. What was that, man? What was what now? I didn't hear the last part of that. 
I said uh, it, it appears that the Ravens are finally getting healthier for the first time uh, this season, while the Chargers are missing key members of uh, both sides of their football here uh, with their not participating at all. Oh, absolutely. You said uh, you mentioned Eric Weddle. He has a groin injury. He is a vital cog in that defense, and I do not care what Chargers fans say when they say, oh, yeah, he hasn't been playing that well. It's a completely different scheme with Eric Weddle out. Antonio Gates out is also very big. Uh, Orlando Franklin, he's been out for a while, I believe, uh, on that did not participate. And uh, he's a very good guard, if folks don't remember when he used to play for the Denver Broncos. Even with that, you mean you mentioned Eric Weddle and, and Chargers fans complaining about him. We will absolutely trade Eric Weddle for uh, Kendrick Lewis. For anybody? <laughs> I mean, at this point... What, what do you yeah. want for him? We'll take him. <laughs> Terrence Brooks. We'll give you Terrence Brooks. Terrence Brooks, Kendrick Lewis, and uh, Sharice Wright all packaged up into one hot shot deal. Yeah, we'll, I'm, we'll I'm even throw in a fifth rounder. <laughs> <laughs> You have to take on a salary, though. That's that's the big issue. Deal. I will literally, personally take on a salary. What's up, Chase <laughs> Bank? Hit me up with a loan. <laughs> yeah, they're going to look at you and go, no. Hey, I have no. a great, great credit card limit. All right? So, back off. <laughs> I also, it's like less than an hour's work on Weddle's salary, but you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. All right, the big we'll offensive matchups, though, jumping into this a little bit more, Matthew. Who do you see for the Ravens' offensive side uh, being able to uh, do more damage with uh, with some of these players being injured for the Chargers? Well, you know, I, we've seen Steve Smith go ham all season long. I mean, we, we mentioned with that back injury and, 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 you know, just forgetting the back injury. Uh, Steve Smith sure as hell has forgotten about that back injury. I mean, for four broken bands in, bones in his back, and we've mentioned this every single week, uh, four broken bones in his back, and the guy's like, whatever, I'm, I'm still out there, I'm still playing. Um, and you and I were talking a little bit before the podcast, Kyle, kind of preparing for it, and we were talking about uh, he, he's taking some shots to that back, and he gets up, spins the ball like he loves to do, uh, points to the first down, and, and just lines back up in the huddle. It's, it's not an issue. Um so I don't, I don't know what the hell the Ravens are giving them, but I absolutely want some of that. But, um, you know, the, the big thing here is the Ravens need to get the run game going. So it's going to be four set. It's going to be uh, Javorius Buck Allen, and it's going to be Steve Smith. They're going to be the main guys here. Yeah. Hopefully you're able to get a tight end open. Uh, Crockett Gilmore, uh, you know, is, is finally back and finally healthy for the Ravens. So hopefully you can get him open in the middle and uh, hopefully he puts up a score for you as well. See, that's a huge factor in my book is Crockett Gilmore. He's finally on the up-and-ups, and he's a very hard person to scheme around. He has the same size and height as Gronkowski, folks. This guy is enormous. All right, Now, I know he isn't the speed and the talent of Gronkowski, but nonetheless, that's still a hard dude to match up with. You can't put a corner on him simply because he's way too big, and he will destroy them if they even come close to pressing, or if he does it shorter than five-yard routes, he'll be able to shove them around before that ball is thrown. Now, anything on the intermediate routes, linebackers may not be fast enough to cover him. He's a huge, huge difficult person to match up against with. Steve Smith, he's going to eat up corners. I don't care who it is at this point. He still did well against Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew. If Joe Flacco wouldn't have underthrown a football, I believe he would have had a touchdown. That might have been Chris Givens, though, I believe. Now, yeah. more on the defensive side, on the matchups there, 
I don't know if they have a decent run game at all. I know Melvin Gordon is their starter. He's been in and out. I know uh, they have Danny Woodhead, but I still see C.J. Mosley uh, not caring about that. Their big matchup, though, will be Danny Woodhead in the passing game because C.J. Mosley does not know how to cover at all. His job has been strictly one thing, stopping the run and actually being part of the pass rush. He has, I believe, over two sacks already this season. He's done great as a pass rush on a uh, delayed blitz. It's wonderful to see him do it. He'll take a step back, turn his head looking like he's about to go into coverage, find his, uh, find his zone and any players in it. And then he starts sprinting down the middle when that center finally engages with a uh, with big Brandon Williams or somebody else along the lines of Chris Canny or Tim Jernigan. That's another huge one I feel is the part of, as far as the defensive matchup. Matt, do you have a different one by chance? For the defensive matchup, I mean, you did mention Melvin Gordon being there. He's had some fumble issues. Uh, the Ravens have not had a turnover in a while. Um, they could use a turnover, and hopefully they don't let Melvin Gordon run all over them uh, like they did uh, against CJ2K last week uh, on Monday night. Uh, you know, the, the big thing, and, and we've mentioned this before, this Ravens secondary sucks. Um, oh, it does? It, <laughs> Just just in case you were not aware. Holy cow. Uh, and also, just in case you were not aware, the Chargers have Phillip Rivers. They have Malcolm Floyd. They have Stevie Johnson. They have Antonio Gates. They have Keenan Allen. And, and a halfway decent offensive line. Mm-hmm. They are also, uh, let, let me go ahead and pull up the exact stats here. They lead the league in passing yards. They lead the league in total yards. Now, they suck in rushing yards, which makes the total yards even more impressive. Uh, and, and they average 23.6 points a game, so they're, they're 12th on that front. Um, or, excuse me, yeah, yeah, they're, they're 12th on that front per game. Uh, they are 7th overall in total points, um, you know, with 165 that they've put up. So, you know, it, it's, it's not like they're going against, like, a good offense or anything like that. Um, yeah, yeah, this, this is going to be a, a hell, we're, we're going to find out what the hell our guys are made out of is honestly what the hell we're going to find out. I feel out. like it's just going to be a redo of last season. We did play the San Diego Chargers and they skipped down the field on their game winning drive and just burnt our cornerbacks to a crisp. It doesn't help that Phillip Rivers is throwing even better and he's, he's had a, he, if he continues on his path, he'll have the most completions by a quarterback uh, in NFL history, in fact, he is lighting up the football field. I'm not looking forward to this game at all. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, and here's the thing with the Chargers: you could get the Chargers playing championship football, or you can get them playing like they're the Browns. Yep. It, it's it's so hot and cold with them, which you know the Ravens know all that well. Um, you know, right now Philip Rivers has a little over 2,400 yards. 15 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So like I mentioned, you're getting that hot and cold. You could get Phillip Rivers, who's going to throw two interceptions at you, or you can get the Phillip Rivers that's going to put five touchdowns on us. Big worry in my book, though, is the Ravens cannot seem to force a turnover to save their life. Well, exactly. And and if we go off of what the season has been so far, uh, it's just been one kick in the nuts after another so far for the Baltimore Ravens. So if you're looking at that and you look at what they have 
offensively. You've got six foot five, two twenty five pound Malcolm Floyd. You've got six foot two, two oh seven Stevie Johnson. You've got six foot four, two hundred and fifty five tight end Antonio Gates. You've got Ladarius Green tight end, six foot six, two forty. You've got uh Keenan Allen, six foot two, two eleven wide receiver Keenan Allen. So these are not small guys. They're not slow guys. No. Um, you know, th- this team might not do well when it comes to rushing the football, and, and you know, Melvin Gordon will, will figure that out one way or another, and, and where they'll they'll switch out and maybe use Danny Woodhead and his weird pedo mustache. Um, I I just scrolled over a, a picture of him, and he looks like Uncle Rico. Nice. <laughs> you throw those footballs over the mountains, huh? <laughs> but um. You know, this is a team that is built to manhandle your corners, manhandle your your linebackers against a team that doesn't have corners that can do very much. They play so far off the line of scrimmage that the short passing game for for, uh, Phillip Rivers is going to be excellent. And then you hope that the defense can go ahead and tackle. And what we saw on Monday night against Arizona is they absolutely will not. Um, You know, this just looks like... Looks like a terrible game for the Baltimore Ravens. Looks like the San Diego Chargers are going to eat up a bunch of yards and a bunch of points. Yep. Now, something else. The San Diego Chargers do have a former Raven receiver, Jacoby Jones, and kick returner in him as well. Would you be happy, sad? Uh, what Would you be bittersweet about if he took a Justin Tucker kickoff to the house at halftime? I... Uh... Here's the thing. I, I don't think he's going to take anything back. No. Uh, and, and that's strictly because you know damn well Harbaugh's going, you, you let that ball come inside in bounds, not out of the back of the end zone, you're fired. Yeah. Um, and Tucker has the leg, leg strength to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. But what does bother me is he is still the punt returner. Yeah. And uh, he very well could go ahead and return a punt. I, I wouldn't be bittersweet as much as I would be pissed. Right. I was not the hugest Jacoby Jones fan, and I know I remember uh, that. <laughs> I, you know, I I didn't think he was going to come to Baltimore and offer a whole lot. He he's a guy that had hands issues. He was a guy that um, never seemed to got it together when he was in Houston. Now he provided the Ravens with uh, a, a decent amount of success. Um, that's a low. That's low balling him a little bit, bud. That's not low balling him. What what was his yardage, man? What was his yardage? It was not a lot. As a wide receiver, he was a mediocre wide receiver. He caught the greatest play in Raven history. Then It's David Tyree. Then two plays later, two games later, excuse me, in the Super Bowl, this man had the sexiest double juke on a catch and roll and run in the Super Bowl to score a touchdown before half. And then at halftime, he comes back out, start of the third quarter, and takes one 108 yards to the house. You can't tell me he had mediocre success. His uh, that's like here's how I can tell you he had mediocre success. Let's go through his receiving. Oh numbers. no, I don't want to do that. I just want to talk about all the good stuff. That, no, it, well, it, exactly, exactly. 2014, 131 yards receiving. Woo! 2013, 455 yards receiving. He wasn't the, okay, he was the third or fourth option with Torrey Smith being the deep route and Anquan Bolden being the uh, possession. 2012, actually not in 2013. That was uh, just Tory, because uh, Anquan was shipped off in 2013. Yeah, very true. 2012 was 406. Oh, okay. So 
this is a guy, and, and, and that matches up just about perfectly with his time in Houston. He was a guy that was middle 400s uh, to, to middle 500s in terms of receiving yards. He was a mediocre number three, is ultimately what he was. He was a good punt returner. He was a good kick returner. Um, and, and the Ravens got the use out of him that they needed. Uh, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, Jermaine Lewis in that regard. Not a great wide receiver. You don't want to use him as a wide receiver. He's got the speed. You use him as a return guy until he wants a little too much money for being a return guy, and then you go, all right, bye. Right. Which is what Houston did. It's what the Ravens did. It's what the Chargers are going to end up doing because I'm looking at their depth chart right now, and he's not high up on there. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's not a knock against Jacoby Jones. I just I wasn't happy. I was not excited when he came here like a lot of Ravens fans were. Um, he had – success here he had limited success here mostly as a returner yeah uh, and, and I, I would be more pissed than anything if he if he runs something back strictly because i want the ravens to win a damn game man ravens are up 56-0 jacoby jones returns a punt in the fourth would you be okay yeah i wouldn't give a shit <laughs> yeah dude he could run two of them back i don't care <laughs> we all know that isn't gonna be the story folks we're 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 we've batted down the hatches on uh we bought some stock in some liquor and uh we're boosting our own sales that way. <laughs> yeah, really. It's, it, this episode sponsored by Captain Morgan. Yeah, no shit. I wish. We're At least I got paid to drink their stuff. <laughs> All right, folks. Now, I would like to remind you as well that we will be taking calls later on in the show. So definitely hang tight with us near the end. We'll take some callers, have some fun, listen to you get upset as much as we are upset about this Baltimore Ravens season going from expected Super Bowl champions to complete losers as we have the first pick in the draft. Now, jumping back to the Ravens at Cardinals on Monday Night Football, Matt, did you see any big mishaps or mistakes that the Ravens made? Uh, you know, I, I hinted at it a little bit uh, ago, but the Ravens could not tackle to save their lives. And, and ultimately, I, I think that's the deciding factor in that game. They let Chris Johnson run all over him, and, and not necessarily because he was shifty, because he was fast, because uh, they had a dominant offensive line play. Mm -hmm. It's because the first guy missed the tackle, the second guy missed the tackle, the third guy uh, only got one of his legs and got, you know, pulled along for three yards before yep. Johnson was able to, to get out of it. Yep. What, when you have things like that, when you have breakdowns like that, you're going to allow a, a veteran running back like Chris Johnson or, or a veteran wide receiver like uh, Fitzgerald, you're going to let them get extra yardage. And when you let them get extra yardage, you allow them to, to pick up first downs, and those first downs turn into touchdowns ultimately. So... If if I have to pick one key for the Ravens that they failed on, it's tackling, and um, you know maybe that's that's a signal of their heart after we've seen them kind of struggle a little bit in getting up to the line of scrimmage uh, in previous games, and now we're seeing them struggle with tackling. Maybe this is a team that just doesn't have the heart any longer. Makes sense. I mean, this team usually is a pretty decent tackling group. And for them to miss three tackles on Chris Johnson and an old Chris Johnson at this, folks, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of something that makes you scratch your head and go, "Is this team finally? Are they putting in the towel finally?" And I think we're seeing that happen slowly but surely this season, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. No, no player, no player. If if we got a chance to interview anyone, and no player, no coach would ever ever say, "No, 
Yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're kind of sucking right now. We're just no one wants to get hurt. Everyone knows they're not going to be gone next year or anything like that. Right. So whatever. You're, you're never going to hear that quote ever. And if you do, they're never going to be in football ever again. Exactly. But you can kind of see it. It's you saw it on Harbaugh's face, biggest than anything else. Uh, I, I was watching that game on Monday, and um, you could just see the look on his face where it was just, I, I'm just done. Yep. There's a difference and, between his like face when he's upset and he's going, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" To uh, whatever, man. Of course, this always, you know, why wouldn't this happen? You know. Yeah, and he just looked defeated, and. and you know, that's not a knock on hardball. I mean, I would be yeah, too. This is to this is a team that's just they can't get anything going right. But yeah. that type of stuff passes down to the players, and the, and the players know it. They're they're one in six. This is not a Super Bowl caliber team. Even if they won out from here on out, I mean, it would be a hard sell to get them into the playoffs. Right. Um, you know, this is this is not a championship caliber team. They know that it's probably not even a playoff caliber team at this point. It's it's a top 10 draft pick, and as of right now, top draft pick uh, type of unit, these are guys that the young kids are going to play for their jobs, uh, whether it's on this squad or whether it's on another one. Older ones are playing just to not get hurt, so that way they can retire in peace. And the middle ones, you know, your C.J. Mosley's and guys like that, those guys are just playing to not get hurt and and hopefully not have anything terrible happen uh, to their reputation. Exactly. And it's it's unfortunate, but Ravens fans, it's clear that we got to pack it in this season. Maybe hope for another game or two, go two and fourteen or three and thirteen, you know. But I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. The schedule mixed with uh, the talent on the defensive end mainly will not be allowing that to uh, to occur. God damn it! It sucks to talk about this. <laughs> now. Were there any positive aspects to take away from the game? I do have one. One, Asa Jackson yeah. coming in clutch with a with a punt block because he is always so hot and cold. And I thought I I was thinking of you right when I saw that bo- that block. Because yeah. I, I just I'm knew sure. you were at your house going, of fucking course, it's Asa Jackson doing something yeah. great after he sucks on something else. And then he got hurt like three plays later, yeah, so, you know. Of course, because that's how it goes. That's how it goes with Asa Jackson. Um, it's a roller coaster, and all it is is bunny hills. It goes up, down, up, down. There is no middle. There's no coasting around a corner absolutely. for Asa Jackson. Now, another thing for you folks, uh, aspects to take away from the game. I'm going to take Joe Flacco. That man with Eugene Monroe and Colecchio Semele out on their final drive had the opportunity to take uh, – Take away a game-winning drive almost if it wasn't for um, some complete mishaps on uh, on the referees, actually. With the penalty, we should have only had six seconds left on the clock. Maybe that would have changed the passing play a little bit. Um, but Flacco drove down the field with half of his line destroyed. I mean, we put James Hurst back in, folks. I mean, it can't get any worse than that. <laughs> I mean, really, he's the worst left tackle in, in football. He's the worst tackle, not just left tackle, worst tackle in football. He has the lowest grade in all of PFF as a player, not just a lineman. As a player, he's the worst rated. So, I mean, if Flacco can get shit done with that man blocking for him, it's always good to know that your quarterback's still a very talented player. This isn't on Flacco at all, folks. Don't take it that way. Please, 
please don't take it as Joe Flacco being the bad person here. Also, another one that I'd like to take is uh, Brandon Williams is still a dominant nose tackle in this in this short season, it feels like. He's been the highest rated in run stopping, and if it wasn't for the reps uh, fucking up a call, we wouldn't have allowed another 60 yards on the ground for him holding him down and then nothing happening. I don't know. I, I still like the core on the defense. we got C.J. Mosley, you got Brandon Williams, Will Hill, and uh, Jimmy Smith I still have faith in, obviously, because I've always had him. Jimmy Smith's my boy. So I, I take away that we still have some really great players. They're just not enough. We don't have enough depth as a team through bad contracts and giving away our, old, our, our drafted players to uh, have this kind of season. Matt, did you do you have any positive things from this game? Kyle, I'm I'm going to kind of agree with you on this one. Brandon Williams still uh, did excellent. He he didn't live up to his previous standards, but uh, he did have a positive grade uh, uh, according to PFF. Uh, the other big thing is um, the the Ravens did well when it came to offense, and you mentioned you know he was able to drive down the field. Joe Flacco was. Uh, the issue that I have is that Joe Flacco continues to make those weird mistakes mm-hmm. um, that we see sometimes, and it's just it, it's a little head scratching. And that underthrow to Chris Givens was uh, was a big one. But uh, what was impressive was the fact that the Ravens got some of their young kids involved. The Chris Givens, uh, Jeremy Ross got involved a little bit more. It, it seems like, and as we've talked about this in the past, as the Ravens kind of start to pack it up a little bit, they also they're putting in their young kids. They want to see what they've got. And so far, I mean, Chris Givens beat his guy pretty handily. Yes. That should have been a touchdown. Um, Jeremy Ross is getting the ball in his hands, and he's doing something with it. Uh, you know, I, I believe, and, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I, I believe Chris Givens, had he caught that touchdown, had had the ball been thrown properly, Givens would have had just about 100 yards on the day yep. uh, on, like, three catches. Um. That's that's what you want to see. I mean, that's not not to neg Torrey Smith, but those are Torrey Smith numbers. Three catches, 100 yards, one touchdown. That's exactly what Torrey Smith numbers are. You know, so I, I, I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, I, I like seeing that type of stuff. I, I would like to, you know, to go back a little bit to uh, some of the negative stuff. I, I want to see some of the other guys, Kamar Aiken especially. He, he's a guy that seems to show up one week and then just disappear the next. One. I'd like him. Catch three weeks in a row. Six yards. Yeah. He averages and, and, a yard every ten minutes. And and this is a guy who will will put up ninety yards in a game on like five receptions. And then you go, what the hell happened? I mean, wh- wh- where's Kamar Aiken at all of a sudden? And uh, you know, that, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, is I'd like to see a little bit more out of that, but. Um, there, there were some some positives there. The Ravens kept it a pretty close game, even though I think uh, you and I, Kyle, kind of predicted it to be a blowout for the Cardinals. The fact that it ended within eight points and uh, the Ravens were driving on that final drive and, and could have tied it up. Um, hey, man, I, 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 I give that a, a round of applause. Yep, I, uh, I had Fitzgerald catching at least one touchdown. I had uh, 300 passing yards at least for Carson Palmer. The fact that neither of those things happened was a testament to the Ravens at least showing some spirit, you know, and uh, some decent play calling, I guess I'd have to hand it to uh, Dean Pease on actually calling some decent plays to where there were some three and outs, there were some punts, 
And the Ravens needed those so desperately, and it worked just down the stretch. It's just not enough. And that's why I have my third question on here. Do you think the Ravens played a bad game, or did they just lose to a really good team? Like, what do you think, Matt? I think it's both. I think it's a game that they should have won, uh, but they shot themselves in the foot at every possible chance. And, and again, we, we covered that a little bit with the poor tackling. We've yeah. covered that with um, the, the cornerbacks not doing the hottest uh, in the world. But they also got shafted a little bit uh, at times, and, and the refs are one thing that a lot of a lot of people are, are kind of blaming for. Yeah. But this is a team that they should have lost to. In all fairness, I, I don't think I don't think any Ravens fan was like, ah, the Cardinals they suck. They don't have a good offense. And this is a good offense and a good defense. They should have pounded the shit out of the Ravens, honestly. Um, so you know, it, it's a little bit of both. I, I'm 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 kind of torn on what to do in that regard because they should have lost, but God, they kept it so much closer than it it really should have been. So they shot themselves in the foot and uh, the Cardinals didn't play up to par, I guess. Yep. I like to say they actually played a pretty good game. Tackling bad refs, horrible. You know, they uh, CJ 2k wouldn't have had an extra 40 yard run. If uh, the refs didn't call that dead. Uh, Urschel, I believe would have had a catch if it wasn't for the refs uh, bullshitting them on that, uh, you know. And I don't know. I felt like the play calling was uh, decent. But the refs fucked us. The bad tackling screwed themselves, and they deserve that. But mainly, I feel like the Ravens did a good game, but they played a really good team, you know. And, and there's nothing more you can do. That's When you're 1-5 going up against a team that is 5-1, uh, it's hard to expect that you even win it. So even them keeping it pretty close like that, I'm actually going to take the moral victory on this one. They played a better team, and uh, they fought till the bitter end to the point where there was a block punt, and they were on the three-yard line uh, trying to tie this one up. That's my opinion, honestly. I, I don't know. I mean, it, we should have lost cannot, by 30, man. I, I can't pat them on the back, though, because it's a team that still cannot play 60 minutes of football, e- even if it's not great football. You know, defensively, look, we know what we're going to get. This is still not a team that can play 60 minutes of football and and combine an entire game on all three sides of the ball. It's it's a team that will still throw turnovers. It's a team that will still fumble the ball. I'm looking at you, Jeremy Ross. I felt like that was controversial as well. It it was, but nonetheless, I mean, you're going to get the ball to bounce against you sometimes, and and that's why you need to be as perfect as you possibly can. And when you're not – you know, it's it's those stupid calls that, that come back and haunt you. Um, this is a team that should have, based on what we saw on that game, if you take away some of the mistakes, if you take away the, the poor tackling, if you take away uh, that last-minute interception and maybe you go ahead and have one or two guys show up on offense, this is a team that should have won by 14 points. Right. You know, and that's that's been all season long is if if you take – Two or three plays away, this is a team that should win every single game, and it's frustrating to see. So I, I can't applaud them anymore on that moral victory of at least it was close. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I just – maybe I'm in, in the minority on that one. Maybe I'm just bitter about things, but uh, I, I don't know. It's tough, man. It's a really one – it's a difficult one to judge because you want to say the Ravens played a good game, but they 
kind of didn't, but they did. And then the refs kind of don't make it easier on this kind of a judgment call. And the Cardinals are a very good team. So it, I, it's just a very weird combination of a, of these three factors being involved, in my opinion. You know, I think that's the best way we can answer that one, you know? Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's such a hit and miss thing. And I, I'm so much on the fence about it to where I, I'd love to have a solid opinion one way or another. Yeah. But but we got to go in the gray on this black-and-white scenario. Now, in, interestingly enough, uh, the top ten picks in the draft right now, if the Ravens, if the season were to be finished up, Ravens would have the number one overall pick. Ozzie has not had a top ten draft pick since Terrell Suggs, but when he does get a top ten, you get Terrell Suggs. Ed Reed, I believe, was uh, just outside the top ten, in fact. Um, yeah. Also, you know, Ray Lewis, Hall of Famer, uh, Jonathan Ogden, Hall of Famer. So we kind of kind of do well with big picks. Now, who else is in the top ten right now, Matt? Well, when looking at the top ten, uh, let me go ahead and pull that little thing up here. Everything is just being funky for me today. Fantastic. Uh, when you round up the top ten, and, and this is if the draft were to start right this minute, uh, and I know uh, Miami and, and the Patriots play today, tonight, excuse me. So if this if this ends right now before they play, uh, you have Baltimore with the first pick, you have the Detroit Lions at number two, the Tennessee Titans at number three, the Jacksonville Jaguars at number four, fifth is the Cleveland Browns, who the Ravens lost to, sixth is the Houston Texans, Seventh is the Kansas City Chiefs. Eighth are the San Diego Chargers, who we're going to lose to. Uh, ninth is the San Francisco 49ers, who we lost to. And tenth is Chicago Bears. So it is uh, some of those teams, you know, probably didn't think they were going to be there at the beginning of the season. I know Kansas City certainly didn't. Houston, I'm sure, thought they had a better chance. Uh, and even San Diego, for that matter. Uh, Detroit especially, I, I know they are not happy about where they're sitting right now, tied with the Ravens uh, at 1-6, and, and and Baltimore wins that on a uh, strength-of-schedule tiebreaker. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not good, man. It's it's not good at all. Right now, Baltimore definitely has the uh, top, top pick in the draft. God, that sucks. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Not happy about this. Now, Matt, the first question is, uh, what position do you think they target? And that's a very tough one to judge, folks, because Ravens have always gone best player available, and we have no idea with uh, us being the first pick in the draft. A lot of people say Bosa. Um, he's a dominant player for the Ohio State University. Um I, I I like what I've seen. Matt, Matt and I showed some videos earlier talking about it to each other, and he looks great for the most part. They don't run towards him. He's uh, his his ceiling is actually JJ Watt esque. So I would love to have somebody with that high of a motor and that dominant of a performance week in and week out, especially with Doomerville playing with him. And uh, if Terrell Suggs ever comes back from his Achilles injury, could you imagine Terrell Suggs with JJ Watt? Uh, Brandon Williams and Elvis Doerville, Matt. Could you imagine that? I, it would be sick to think of of the front seven of this Baltimore Ravens team with those types of playmakers at, at complete health. Yeah. Uh, God, I would I would love to see the the fear in quarterbacks' eyes. I think they bench Ben Roethlisberger for his two games against us. 
<laughs> and just pray Landry can scoop out one of them and then uh, have him healthy for the other 15 games. I'm pretty sure that's how you would – that's how I'd run it. I mean, oh, hell yeah. J.J. Terrell and uh, Brandon Williams mixed with Timmy Jernigan and Elvis Doomerville sounds – no, no thank you. You just rush four every play. That's it. And you just mix and match. You never know who's going to come in. Blitz once just to have them cry <laughs> and then be done with it. So that's my opinion. Um, another position they might target is also going to be cornerback, though. Cornerback safety, there's a couple of them in the uh, top trend on the big board right now. Yes, we're talking about big boards, and it's not even November. Uh, but, you know, the Ravens need some secondary depth. And uh, a cheap rookie that's uh, a first-round grade would be fucking nice to have. Matt, what do you think for positions they target? You know, we, you and I talked a little bit about this beforehand, uh, and I actually just recently wrote an article up uh, about the left tackle position for the Baltimore Ravens. That's a little bit in limbo after this season. Uh, if you want to go ahead and check that out, go to BaltimoreBeatdown.com. Uh, I believe it's the latest article we have up there. But uh, Eugene Monroe is not as solid as you might think in this, uh, in this scheme and, and on the Ravens team. Uh, next season, the Ravens do have uh, some ability to cut him. Uh, and save a little bit of cap room, which they've been tied up against for a while now, so it would not be shocking. And uh, as we mentioned, James Hurst is next up in line, so the Ravens could absolutely go offensive tackle uh, in the first round. You mentioned cornerback. They could also go safety. Basically, their big needs are they need a wide receiver um, because, again, we have not seen Brashad Perryman. We all think he's either a ghost or... He is a homeless person. He's a legend. He's a myth. Yeah, exactly. He's like Nessie. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to find a way to put like Brashad Perryman and like Sasquatch together, and it's just not working out. But um, so they need a wide receiver. They need offensive line help because they're probably not going to keep a Kalechi Osemele. They might have an issue with their uh, left tackle. Ricky Wagner's coming up, I believe, on his last contract year. Um, so they, they might have some issues on that front as well. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at offensive line help a little bit as well. Uh, you need help, especially in that secondary. So cornerbacks, safeties uh, are going to be crucial, and, and there are plenty of them early in this draft. And then, then you need a pass rusher, and I was actually talking to someone else about this earlier today. If the quarterback has less than three seconds, uh, you can get away with a marginal talent back there in your secondary. Uh, if you've got guys like Doomerville and Suggs when healthy uh, and in our primes coming at your quarterback, that quarterback tends to stare down his guys a little bit more because he's afraid of getting walloped. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so it, it's, it's difficult to know exactly where the Ravens are going to go uh, with, with any of this. For that matter, they could end up picking up a tight end because, you know, that's their favorite player or something. Yeah, the pass rush is something that I feel is more important than anything because if it wasn't for playing Tom Brady in the division round, we would have won that game. I mean, he's the only quarterback, it seems, that can get that quarterback that pass out in less than two seconds. Less than two yeah. seconds from snap to throw. Not from drop back, not from standing there looking. No, this man is going snap one Mississippi, two Mississippi throwing because a pass rush can mask a lot of things. So a huge pass rush would be absolutely amazing. I believe it's been 20 years since uh, the first overall pick hasn't been a quarterback, a left tackle to protect said quarterback, and a pass rusher to attack said quarterback. 
And those are, those are the big three, I think, at this point, and they're very important, especially with Terrell Suggs getting a little bit older, folks. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly interesting, and I want to remind everyone uh, to obviously get ready to call in. We're not quite ready for uh, for th- your calls yet. Uh, we will be asking you a little bit what, what uh, you guys think the Ravens are going to be doing with the top pick of the draft. Uh, so have your phones ready, 410-635-0869, and uh, we'll be picking those up in just a minute. So, so have it speed dialed already in um, and ready to go for us. Absolutely. I, I am ready for some calls pretty soon. I'm hyped for them. I'm not ready for them yet, but I'm excited for them. Now the big question is, Matt, do you think the Ravens keep the first overall pick if they continue on this road, or are they gonna, or, or, or do you see it happening of them trading down? I, it's difficult because it, again, if we go off of what things are right this minute, uh, I, I don't see anybody in that top ten that, um, you know, look, you've, you've got Detroit, they've got a quarterback. Uh, as much as they might not like them uh, right now, they've got a quarterback. Tennessee obviously has a quarterback. Uh, Jacksonville, I think they feel pretty solid about their quarterback, unless they change regimes all of a sudden. Yeah, out of nowhere. <laughs> I wants their own guy in there. Cleveland, I, you know, who the hell knows what Cleveland's going to do anymore? Josh McCown seems to be doing just fine in there, but he is 36. Houston could probably use a quarterback, but again, who, who knows what's going on there when it comes to that. Kansas City has uh, Alex Smith. San Diego has Philip Rivers, and they seem pretty committed to him. San Francisco, even though, again, who knows what's going on there with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I, I'd imagine they'd be foolish to get rid of him and try to bring in somebody new. And Chicago, again, seems weirdly tied to their quarterback, uh, regardless of what's going on. So there's nobody in the in the 10 there that I think would trade up for a quarterback. And ultimately, when you see crazy trades, you see it because somebody wants that quarterback. Yep. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. And I, I, I don't know if the Ravens would take anything that isn't one of those crazy trades because you know how much of a, of a pick whore that Ozzie Newsom is. Absolutely. He loves those picks. Him so and, him and DaCosta are ridiculous with it. You know, so, so if you're Ozzie Newsom and DaCosta, you, you're probably asking for a first in this year, a first maybe in next year. Um, or first and, year, yeah. an extra second next year. It sounds more around Ozzy's alley. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the, at the very least, you're you're looking to. I mean, because you you you'd replace your own first, yep. so that that pick is essentially negated out, and then you're looking at something to kind of come back up into that uh, point range. So you know, again, you're probably looking at about a first pick, um, whether that's next year, whether that's you know in in 2017, who the hell knows or 2018, yeah. uh, and you're probably looking at mid-round picks as well. So you're looking at maybe a first and a second in addition to this year's first. I, I, I don't know if Ozzie Newsom's going to get that, to be honest with you. Um, I, I mean, the only person that we're hearing anything, and obviously, like we mentioned, the big board stuff, this is so early. The only person we're hearing anything about like that is Bosa. and I would take Bosa. <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, would you take Bosa if you're Ozzie Newsom, or would you trade back, maybe try to get a corner, and maybe try to pick up an extra second uh, to to pick up maybe a wide receiver in the second or something like that? I, I don't know. Um, but we do actually have our first call real quick, if, if you're ready awesome. to take calls. Absolutely. Let's, let's get them on the line. Hey, and thank you for joining the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. 
What's your name? Where are you from? Hey, uh, I'm Ryan Blake, the guy who ate the uh, crayons. Oh, we got crown guy here. Crown guy. Our, for, for those that don't know, uh, there was a, a young gentleman uh, who, who we have now on the phone who ate, uh, and, and I've heard some speculation on this, ate six purple crayons because the Ravens had lost that many games. Is that accurate, or is it just you won the crayons? That is accurate. I was uh, I was so sure that the Ravens were going to pull it out on Monday Night Football that I said if we didn't win, I would eat a crayon for every loss. And uh, I'm a man of my word, so I, I couldn't say no. All right. Okay, well, the big up. question is, were they Crayola or Rosart? <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> they were Crayola. Okay, good job. Good man. All right, we can, we can, we can have you on the show. <laughs> okay, well, you know, Crayola is um, – uh, is a Baltimore company. I used to actually print their labels uh, when I was a, a wee little lad. Um, oh, very so, cool. So, yeah, so you, you probably ate something that my hands touched, which is uh, not... Okay, now you're making it weird. Well, right. <laughs> um, the, the, I guess the other big question is, what did they taste like? Uh, you know, it was it was weird because they were, they were pretty solid. So um, they didn't really, you know, when you, when you bite into them and chew them, they didn't really come together. They just kind of broke up into a lot of smaller pieces. Ugh. And it just it just tasted like wax and paper. It, you know, it, it definitely wasn't appetizing. But uh, you know, for anybody who watched the video, I, I did it with some condiments, and uh, actually I put some Old Bay for one of them, and uh, okay. that was the only one that was actually tolerable. So that's just further proof that Old Bay is good with just about anything. If you can eat Crayola crayons with Old Bay, you you've got it locked down. <laughs> at at I this did. point, I'd I like to uh, I'd like to shout out to the Old Bay company. Hit us up, man. I mean, we, we literally just said you can eat Old Bay with crowns and it tastes good. What other recommendation are you going to get? <laughs> right? Give us some they money. Should, they should put me on a commercial. They absolutely should. Yep. You were going to have more crowns, but I, I, I wonder if uh, you're down for that. Worth it. Yeah, worth it. Really worth it. A little sponsorship from Old Bay. <laughs> I'll eat as many crowns as they want me to. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I have another question, and this one's going to get a little gross. And, and for our listeners, I apologize. Uh, have, have they come out yet? And, uh, is it like corn or did it just die? Jesus. You know, it's, uh, (laughs) it it didn't have too much of an effect on it, to be honest with you. It was, uh, you know, I, I expected some more purple, but, uh, you know, it it was, it was pretty standard. I was surprised. I guess I got to do more than six for it to have a a real impact. (laughs) I, I, I kind of feel like now there's, there's this thought in everyone's head where, I mean, you, you probably should do it. Let's, let's see how many crowns it takes to go purple. No, how about we you know, don't? Maybe it will. Who knows? <laughs> it, it, it makes a whole new meaning for Purple Friday, right? Right, right, absolutely. All right. Now, what is your question, man who eat crayons? I'm sorry? Do, do you have a question for us uh, on the Ravens or on what they're going to do in the draft? Or, or maybe do you have any thoughts on what the Ravens are going to do in the draft this year? Uh, you know what? It's uh, we're about halfway through the season, and I've I've had a lot of conflicting thoughts. Part of me just thinks, you know, at, at this point, it might be worth it to just, you know, try to get the higher draft pick. Other part of me thinks, you know, there's still a chance that the Redskins can do it, like they did. You know, I think it was 2012. They won their last, I think it was eight or nine games, yep. made the playoffs. You know, if, if they can do it, I think we can do it. But um, you know, it's it's a tough situation because you know we're not used to this. We're used to you know being in contention for a good bit of the season into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely different. And that's why I was, you know, I was confident that we would win. I said, you know, we've had some close games all year long. And I thought, you know, there's no way a hardball team is going to fall to one and six. But, um, you know, in, in terms of the draft, I think, um, you know, while it might be a little beneficial to get a higher pick, 
I don't think it's time to completely give up on the season just yet. We still got some big games coming up. I think we've got a decent second half schedule, and uh, so you know, I'm it's it's concerning the way we started, but I don't think we're quite as bad as our record has shown. Well, I mean, I, I do want to point out that I, I don't have the odds right in front of me, but I mean, I believe it's something like point three eight percent chance to get into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty low. It's like a ten percent chance to get the first pick in the in the draft. So I, right. you know, while it's it's not completely done for. I, I can't imagine anyone in the Ravens organizations going, yeah, let's go ahead and lock up those those seats to our playoff victory. Right. Because, you know, now, now it becomes an issue of pride. You know, do you want to have a strong rest of the season and finish, you know, somewhere around 8-8, eight and eight, hover around 500? Or do you want to have the higher pick in the draft? And, you know, I think, you know, the, the way the Ravens play football, I don't, I don't think we're going to, you know, go for the tank. I think we're going to, you know, try to finish the season as strong as we can. Hey, I, I can respect that thought. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are already trying to uh, blow for Bosa, I think you said, Kyle. Yeah, the, the comments now are uh, blow for Bosa. But uh, I'm actually, I'm on the I'm on the opposite side. I'm actually a person that says if we're not fighting for the championship, like if we're not in contention to get into the playoffs, I would rather have a higher draft pick. I want to build up a team that can win championships. And if we're not in playoff contention even at all like last year we were what eight and eight before we got excuse me that, that was the year before when we were eight and eight i would have rather lost more games and have been closer to a selection in the draft uh you know towards the uh the, t- the first end you know the top 16 pick instead I, that's how i've always been about this is uh if we're gonna lose i mean let's get some good players by losing and i'm kind of on that tanking side i know it's messed up uh but that's always been my opinion. If not, I mean, we could have had, instead of C.J. Mosley, even better players. I know that's crazy to think, better players than C.J. Mosley. But, I mean, let's build up a squad that can actually, like, get some cheaper contracts for better players that can be great talents. Like, the uh, Panthers is one that I always suggest. Uh, last year, they got to the playoffs with a negative record. I believe it was 7-8-1. and one. And... Uh, I would rather not have been in the playoffs being a team that bad and to have gotten a better pick because that already boosted them to being uh, in the, I believe, top 20. Well, excuse me, the bottom 20 for a selection even in the start. And this is a team that could have had some extra vital cogs in the, in the draft, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I think, uh, you know, if you're looking ahead into the future, I think it would definitely be beneficial. If we're, if we're good, Like you said, if we're going to be out of playoff contention, why not think a little lower and, and get the higher pick? Exactly. And it's it's bad to think that way because you don't want your players to shortchange themselves. And these guys are out there fighting right. for better contracts. It's tough. You know? it's tough. Yeah, well, not thanks. Like, not like we're used to this situation, but, you know. Absolutely. Well, thanks for calling in. I mean, it, it's that was a weird random happenstance to where you uh, you got us on on Twitter here and uh, you got our call in number. So I want to thank you for calling in and uh, maybe we'll have you on again later on this season and, and hopefully you won't be eating 15 crowns. Yeah. Yeah. I hope not. Hey, thanks for having me on guys. I appreciate yep, it. Uh, no problem. Have a wonderful rest of your night, man. You too. Go Ravens. Go Ravens. Damn right. Well, all right, folks, we got crown guy on here. So, I mean, there is no reason for you not to call. If you're embarrassed, you didn't eat a crown. So, you know, there's that. His his uh his profile his uh header photo is actually him holding purple crayons too. Yeah, 
Yeah, he is. Uh, you know what? Look, if if you're gonna go ahead and and eat crayons and you're gonna be known for it, take the the fame and fortune that comes. Well, probably not fortune, but take the fame that comes with it, and uh, you know, roll it around. Maybe you can pick up a few dates in the in the bar uh, by by cracking a few crayons into your mouth. Ew! I do not want crayons, man. That sounds terrible. <laughs> well, uh, here, here, here's what I'm gonna say, uh, Kyle, or here's what I'm gonna ask you. Crayons for ladies. If there's a cute girl, she's at the bar, has <laughs> had a few drinks. Look, we're, we can't talk anymore about the damn season. It's We're one in six. We've, we've got to get into hypothetical crowns for girls situations. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you, you're at the bar, cute girl. She seems kind of interested in you, uh, but you're, you're known as the crown guy now. You, you got two crowns in your pocket because that's how you roll. Uh-huh. And uh, she goes... Uh, you know, uh, it's pretty clear that she will go home with you to to put this as PG as possible. Um, if you eat the two crayons, what are you doing, man? Well, if I'm crayon guy, I'm gonna eat the crayons. But this is weird. And what what if it's just you? What if you just have two crayons in your pocket for no good reason? For lunch, and she wants crayons <laughs> for a mid-evening snack. <laughs> what? No, this is this is such an un. Unnecessary question. <laughs> no, it's totally not. It's totally not. And I'm going to put you on this because I look. All I know is I'm married, so I can't answer this question. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> oh my goodness, you ransacking piece! Oh, Lord. well, I'm married, so I can't do this. But if I were, you know, I'd like to hear you first, nonetheless. Exactly, exactly. You know how I do That's things. Garbage. That is well, answer the question. Well, I, I asked. He's gonna call in. Call the. I, I will. I will answer the question. Six three five zero eight six nine. Call in this phone number and let's talk about something other than me eating crayons, please, for the love of God. This is a Baltimore beatdown podcast. Nope, nope. I, I am going. I am controller of the phones. You were going to answer this question. No, this is garbage, folks. Start calling in for the love of God. Well, look. I, then I'll answer the question. If there was a cute girl there, and, and this you're going to eat goes the crayons. The- There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Crayon guy. Good. Good. You're crayon guy. Thing. You're going to eat crayons. If if the city of Baltimore knows me as crayon guy, I'm going to eat the fucking crayons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the idea. Please, for the love of God, call in. At- <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a few questions on here. Most of them are related to crayons. So, um, oh, wonderful. All right. Yeah, I'm going to do this. Let's try to skip those. All right. Blah, blah, blah. But, uh, best NFL analyst here said Bosa may be great, but we already have great D-line depth. What we need is top talent in the secondary, a guy like Jalen Ramsey or Vernon Hargraves the third. I, I kind of agree with you on that one. Uh, and sadly, we don't have your real name, but uh, analyst, best NFL BNA. analyst. BNA. BNA. There we go. Uh, BNA, I, I kind of agree with you on that one. I like our D-line depth. but and, and here's the big thing. Can Bosa be a stand-up linebacker? If he can, then you start talking about picking him. Um, he'll, he'll have a year or two to learn behind guys like Elvis Dumerville and, and Terrell Suggs before the Ravens will really start to expect him to kind of do something. Um, so, you know, what better way to get him into that transition? But if he doesn't have the body type for it, if he's not a, if he doesn't have the smarts for it, 
um, then then you have to kind of overlook a guy like Bosa and, and look toward the cornerbacks. But you know, like we mentioned earlier, if you could get after the quarterback, it does not matter. It's tough. That masks a lot of things. But when we play in a division with Tom Brady, still, it's it's uh, not fun come playoff time. But I don't know. I I like I like Ramsey. I like Hargreaves. But it's tough to it's tough to decide, especially it's October. It's October. We don't know. We don't even know if both of them are coming out of the draft, if any of them are coming out of the draft. I mean, I hope they do. They're great players. They deserve to play at the next level. But, you know, this is still October. It's very tough to decide. Now, I have a question, Matt, for you real quick here. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you have to eat. For every crayon you eat, your team gets – handicapped one point. How many crayons do you eat? Do I do I know what the score is going to be? No. You have to eat a crayon for every point, and it starts off, all right, before kickoff, they get a point for every crayon you eat. How many crayons do you eat, Matt? Going into the San Diego Chargers game, I eat no crowns because I'm not going to eat that many fucking crowns. <laughs> um, How many would you have ate for the Cardinals game, though, man? I wouldn't have done that either. For the Cleveland Brown game, I'm going to eat like four. Only four. Only four, because I, I think you won't even give your team game. a touchdown for seven crayons. You get Old Bay. You get Old Bay with it. Do I get Old Bay? Do I get a little bit of mustard to go with it no, too? Cause just Old hard. Bay. Just Old Bay. Do I get anything to drink with it too? Because I, I got to imagine, and, and this is something we should have Nat asked Ryan. Bo. No, I'm just kidding, because I could eat a million crayons with Natty Bow and Old Bay. <laughs> I would eat no crowns with Natty Bow. Um, hey, fuck you. Go Natty Bow. <laughs> hey, Natty Bow, if you want to hit us up with a sponsor. <laughs> I will eat crayons, Natty Bow, and Old Bay. If you all sponsor me, Crayola, hit us up. <laughs> we also have a Patreon account, people, so just in case you really want to see uh, Kyle here eat a whole bunch of crayons, Hit us up. Uh, a dollar is all you really need. I'll go ahead and post that link up there in just a minute. But <laughs> if I'm gonna pander for money, goddamn it, I'm eating. You, I'm making you eat crayons. Yeah, wonderful. Um, I, yeah, I, I think so far in this season, there's a few games where I just wouldn't eat the crayons, and and I think that would have been um, the the game against the Broncos because I, I felt like while my prediction was like 31 to 10, mm. um, that looks weird in hindsight, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. <laughs> While I expected that to be a blowout for the Ravens, it also could have gone the other way, so I didn't think the Ravens would have needed it either way. Um, the other games, I, again, I think you're talking about four or five points, so I, I, maybe I would have eaten five. Because right. I think most Ravens games fall within, you know, fall within six points. And you know what? If I'm eating crowns, the, the least my boys can do is score an extra touchdown or a field goal or something, you know? I'm eating a touchdown's worth of crowns. Yeah, you're you're convincing me into it, man. I don't know. I mean, it's crayons. It's wax. It's bad-tasting wax. But I guarantee you, Smith Sr. would eat all the crayons. And he'd do I, it for, like, know. for every three, you get one point. <laughs> he would eat all the crayons. Here's the thing. I, I, I have to... I just got an idea in my head, and it's a bad idea. I'll admit this. Here we go. It's on Harbaugh's Monday Presser is to ask him how many crowns he would eat for a Ravens victory. Um, but I got to so never funny. invite him back. Oh, my God. I, 
Dude, I'd never be invited back. Let's be honest. No, you'd start it off with, hey, there's a guy, there's a Ravens fan that is currently eating a Crayola crayon for every Ravens loss. Now, my question to you is, how many crayons would you eat for a victory at this point? That's what you got to ask. Yeah. It, it, oh here, my God! Here's, here's if you please go and ask Harbaugh this, it, and if it's if it's after a victory, I probably could get away with it. If it's after a loss, I'm gonna get a. What the fuck are you doing in here? So, can somebody get him out of here? What? Who is he? That's what I'm gonna end up getting, and I'd rather not be escorted out of the castle with, uh, you know, with with, with two armed guards on either oh side of me. Oh my God! I want this to be a thing so bad. Look, Kyle, you, you know, there, there's been some rough talks that Kyle might be coming to Baltimore next season. Nothing for certain by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, there's some talks that's going to happen. Look, next year at training camp, you could ask whoever the hell you want if they would eat one crown per per point that you think the Ravens are going to need. I just want it to be this season because it would be so fitting to hear John Harbaugh just talk about eating fucking crayons. A victory. John Harbaugh, you are 1-7 after losing to the San Diego Chargers. Now, there is a person on Twitter and Facebook, he's, he's pretty popular for eating crayons for every single Baltimore Ravens loss. Now, how many crayons would you eat for a victory next week against the upcoming, I can't remember who we play after the Chargers. doesn't matter. What would I think you, it's a bye week. What would you say? I I can tell you what he's going to say, and that's get the hell out of here. God, that'd be so funny, though. It it would be hilarious. Don't get me wrong. And again, I got the idea in my head solely because it would be just hilarious to watch him go. I I I don't I don't know. I want to see what I, John Harvest's face when somebody asks that. I don't want to get fired. That's why I don't want to do it. Exactly. <laughs> but yet you're going to go ahead and throw me out there. I see what's going on, Kyle. He just wants to take over the uh, the Baltimore beatdown website. You're goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> dog eat dog world out here and these ravens are hungry it's a crown eat crown world out here hey folks does uh, anybody feel like calling in this evening that would be wonderful that takes some extra calls that phone number so, once again you've had a few people here on twitter uh talking about how you know they, they'd call in please go ahead and call on in and uh kyle i'll let you go ahead and throw the number out there the number is four one zero six three five zero eight six nine. Once again, that phone number is four one zero six three five oh eight sixty nine. Call up, let us know what you think about eating crayons or uh, about Ravens football. I don't know which one I don't know if this is the Crayola Crayon Contest podcast at this point anymore. But I'm gonna hit up Crayola, I'm not gonna lie. Oh good. That's um, sponsors. I'm broke. <laughs> We absolutely do. Um, somebody's fucking microphone broke earlier, didn't it? Hey! <laughs> but, all right, let, let's let's transition away from crayons now, because now you. it's just getting creepy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, Kyle, you, you have the chance to... You have a special machine. You can go back into the past, and you can change any one thing about this Ravens team from training camp to right this minute. You can only change one thing. What's the thing you go ahead and change? And actually, we've got an incoming call, so Sweet. we're going to go ahead and take that. Hello, and welcome to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. Thanks for joining us. What's your name, and where are you from? My name is Patrick Mann from Delhi City. 
How's it going, Patrick? Good, man. That Crayola guy, that shit is crazy. <laughs> it absolutely is. Are you dedicated that that dedicated to your team where you would eat Crayola crowns to uh, to, to secure a victory? I think I would if my team was watching me do it. Okay, so so you've got Terrell Suggs right in front of you going, eat the crowns. Eat the you, – you start just a whole box of them, right? I would. I, if Brandon Williams was right in front of me, I, I couldn't not do it. <laughs> I'd eat the shit out of some crayons if Brandon Williams was telling me to eat some crayons. Now, now here's the bigger question. Is it the small box or is it like that big box with a sharpener on the well, back? It's the 128 box. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to be the weirdest the 128. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, what's what's the question you've got for us, uh, or, or what do you what do you want to mention about the Baltimore Ravens? What's your thoughts? Would you guys rather draft? I mean, you guys already brought this up, but Hargreaves or Ramsey? Ooh. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to let you take that one, Kyle, first, because I'm going to go ahead and prep my answer. Yeah, fucker. I knew exactly <laughs> why you dished me this. Really uh, early. Hargreaves, no. Hargreaves is no. uh, the one that's been splitting out as a safety and a cornerback. Isn't that correct? Uh, Ramsey's the safety cornerback okay, in Hargreaves. Okay, it's Ramsey. That's what I was thinking. Yes, I want Ramsey because I want versatility because we clearly cannot stay healthy in this secondary, so I like somebody that can cover both options. He sounds more of a Will Hill-type role. He's good, he's big, but he's also able to uh, be down uh, near a receiver, and he's and mainly in the slot is where he's been trying to protect it because he's actually kind of smaller, but uh, he's, he's fast enough to uh, make – uh, make a good uh, recovery step, but he's also able to be up at safety and be able to play the deep zone, and he's very, very fast. So I would take uh, uh, Ramsey. What about you, Matt? I I go back and forth on this. I'm sitting here trying to decide right now, and right. I, I mm-hmm. like the idea that Hargreaves is probably the better corner mm-hmm. uh, coming out of the draft. And again, it's still early. We don't know if either one of these guys are. I believe both of them are juniors, yep. um, so they both could go back for their their senior year or either or. Um, you know, I, I like the idea that Hargreaves is the better corner overall, but I don't like the fact that he's 5'11", 199. He could use a little bit more height. Uh, I do like the fact that Ramsey can play safety and corner at the same time. He's a bigger guy. He's 6'1", uh, a little over 200 pounds. I, I, I kind of like your reasoning, Kyle, and the idea that I, I do think uh, I do think Ramsey could could do well in this scheme by jumping back and forth, and the Ravens could probably use him pretty well, especially if Dean Pease isn't around and they have somebody that uh, likes to switch their, their guys around a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so it's it's difficult. I think Hargreaves with Jimmy Smith could probably lock it down better, but I, I like Ramsey just being able to float in as a safety or as a corner. So uh, right. I'm going to go Hargreaves just to disagree with you. But but uh, what are you thinking, Patrick? <laughs> uh, I think Hargreaves, I mean, they're both good options, but... I have another question for you guys. Sure. Do you guys think Kendrick Lewis is the uh, is the answer for us? I'll take that right immediately. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. And and sadly, uh, while I'll never say this to his face because he is not a small man, um, I, I I don't think he's a very good safety. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think he's playing in the right scheme for Baltimore. Uh, I don't think he's able to do what Baltimore needs him to do. It, it it might be it might be Dean P's defensive scheme that's kind of holding him back, and we saw that uh, with the, the safety last year. He's now with the Broncos is is doing fairly well, uh, you know. So I, I don't know, I, but I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he has the ability to. And we've seen so far in in seven games, 
we've seen him play poorly is to put it nicely. We've seen him play uh, bottom of, yeah. of the league in, in terms of safety play. So um, I, I think just by that alone, you have to go, he's, he's not the right guy for us. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, by the end of the season, maybe they kind of let him go. Yeah, I'm on the same train. I don't like Kendrick Lewis. I, he's not the long-term answer. That's for damn sure. But uh, thanks yeah, very much. Thanks very much for your questions. Uh, you know, if, do you have anything else for us while we're kind of trying to wrap the show up a little bit? Um, do you guys consider playing younger guys? Like while the season's almost lost, like Terrence Brooks, maybe put him in. Yes, I, I'll take that yeah. one. Yes, uh, I want to see Terrence Brooks out there. I want to see uh, a lot of Max Williams and Nick Boyle getting some real reps going this season. I'd like to see. Um, any of our any of our wide receivers that aren't on the injured reserve list uh, playing some extra reps as every single one of them is now getting injured as a concussion or is out for the season, it feels like. But I want to see as many young players getting as much uh, reps as possible prepping for next season. At this point, you want your young guys getting out there, being hungry, showing that they can be back next season and getting some serious playing time and being good with the playing time. So I want the younger guys out there as much as possible. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Kyle on that one, especially like he said with the wide receivers. You're not going to have Steve Smith next year. Uh, It looks like he is absolutely going to follow that retirement plan that he had. Um, So you want to get those guys in-game reps, and and preseason isn't the same as regular season, just like regular season isn't the same as postseason. Uh, so, so given guys like Givens uh, or, or Jeremy Ross or even Jeremy Butler, for that matter, who just got bumped up to the active roster, giving those guys a few plays to get a little bit more acclimated, and hopefully by the end of the season, you, you've got a guy like an Alshon Jeffrey where, um, you know, he, he was a guy that you didn't expect that much out of, and, and there you go. You now have a number one wide receiver. So uh, I, I think now's the time to play the young kids. Yep. So, but uh, v- thank you very, very much for your questions. We're going to go ahead and uh, open the lines up to a few other people here. So uh, go ahead and call in. The number here is 410-635-0869. Again, that's 410-635-0869. Give us a shout. Uh, hook us up with your questions, your answers. Rant about the Ravens. Vent about the Ravens. Tell us that Dean Pease sucks and that you uh, you kind of wish he was dead. Um, tell us how many crowns you'd eat to, to bring it back to that, because I think that's going to be the crown episode. Yeah, this has been the wonderful crown episode. I'm so happy to be a part of it. <laughs> Look, man, I, you know, whatever we have to do to get visitors, if I need to, like, you know, push my boobs together and eat crowns, hey. I'm doing it. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> At least I'm honest. You know, you, you can't ever say I'm not. I like Mrs. Matthews uh, saying mayo with crayons would be mice. And then I, I did reply with um, Matthews would eat it with protein. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. Another one by uh, BNA was uh, maybe a switch to a 4-3 defense would be beneficial. I'm in disagreement with that because I want Brandon Williams to be the nose tackle that he is. He is absolutely dynamite in that role there. Nobody else has a higher run-stuffing grade than him. That's including Domikong Sue. All right, so this man is a absolute trench work beast, and I still like that 3-4 scheme, but I do like the idea 
of uh, we have the uh, we have the offensive well excuse me the defensive line capabilities for a three four we don't have the linebacking strength of a three four that's our problem right now so maybe I don't I just don't want to take uh, Brandon Williams out of that nose tackle position because he just swallows up blockers right there and that's what helps the Ravens continue that uh that streak of no 100 yard rushers I know it was broken by Le'Veon Bell but before that it was almost up to 30 games without having a team rush for 100 yards against the Baltimore Ravens. So, I don't know. It's, it's I, tough. What do you think, Matt? I, I don't think the Ravens are, are capable of doing that, and, and here's the reason why. A uh, 4-3 defense is more in line with having guys with their hands down on the ground, and the Ravens don't have guys that are pass rushers that really have that, that type of capability. They're they're built like the, the 2000 Ravens defense is that – they want run cloggers in the middle of that line. Uh, and then they let their, their linebackers, and in this case it's C.J. Mosley, it's Daryl Smith, scrape along that line uh, without the, the guys, without the offensive line kind of getting a hold of them and, and stopping them from doing that. Yep. They scrape down the line in order to go ahead and make the tackle. They find the hole and uh, make the tackle. The Ravens don't really have the push necessary to drive an offensive line back into the quarterback. I... I as much as I like Timmy Jernigan and, and Carl Davis and uh, guys like Brent Urban and, and even Chris Candy for that matter, I don't think they're good enough defensive ends to play in that type of a scheme and, and where you could consistently get after the quarterback. And um, with Terrell Suggs being out, we've kind of seen that. We've the only person that's getting after the quarterback right now is Elvis Doomerville, and some of that's scheme based as well. But then you're going to also ask guys like Doomerville and uh, Suggs to put their hand in the dirt mm-hmm. and become uh, guys that, that go up against tackles. And I don't think either one of those guys are capable of doing that. So while, while you could switch to a 4-3 defense, you're looking at a significant amount of time and drafting that it would take to make that switch. Uh, and, and like Kyle said, you're looking at guys like Brandon Williams, Timmy Jernigan, uh, Brent Urban, you're looking at guys like that that just probably won't fit in all that well, and that's that's a waste of talent, yeah. really. So it, it, it's a great question. It's something that, um, you know, I'm sure we're going to get asked a lot as the season goes on, you know, what could this team do to uh, to alter things up a little bit and maybe maybe get that pass rush they need, maybe help out the secondary. Um, so so un- undoubtedly we're going to get a, a question about the four three defense switch, yeah. Um, and, and see what the Ravens can't do on that front. But, um, but yeah, I, I just don't think it fits. But uh, going back to to my question before we took that last phone call, Kyle, if there's one thing that you can do from again the the opening day of training camp until right this minute, what's the one thing you change that you think makes this team a a seven and O team? Instead of a one and sixteen, Terrell Suggs being on the team, uh, healthy. That, okay. That, without a doubt, to me is the most important. That completely changes the uh, pass rush, which also masks the secondary. Jimmy Smith isn't relied on as much. Ladarius Webb not relied relied upon as much. Um, they aren't. The team isn't out on the field as often, and uh, three and outs are more apparent. Uh, the health of Terrell Suggs is huge. I don't. I think people are underestimating just how much he brings to that offense. He's a top five uh, run-stopping uh, outside linebacker. He is also a top six 
pass rushing outside linebacker. He is the best of both worlds. He is not as dominant in the run game as just uh, in the pass rush as Justin Houston, but you you take a couple steps back on that and then add on his run stopping ability. He's one of the best in the game, and it's not even close. Him and Suggs, him and Dumerville, excuse me, last season were absolute dynamite together. That duo had the most sacks for a duo in the league. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. It, it just doesn't. He was absolutely fucking fantastic. And him being out forces the Ravens to uh, have Courtney Upshaw, who has the worst pass rushing grade for an outside linebacker, be out there on third downs trying to attack a quarterback. It has them swapping out with Zadarius Smith, a rookie who should have gotten rookie reps, now being forced into the role, and he's not ready for it at all. And Elvis Doomerville cannot rotate with um, Courtney Upshaw anymore on run-stopping plays for against the right tackle where run plays happen, and then transitioning on third and eight, third and nine, to where he gets out there fresh, ready to go, and able to light up a right tackle who's been trying to fight up against Courtney Upshaw, who's 290 pounds of man shoving around a, a man, setting the edge, and stopping the run. That, to me, is the biggest and most important factor between the Ravens being 1-6 one and, one and, and uh, having a positive record, maybe 4-3, and three, maybe 5-2 and two if we're really fucking confident in ourselves. I think that's the difference. I, I, I like your answer, and I think that's the answer most people would go with. If I cannot choose having Suggs back, I don't think that he makes this team a perfect team by any stretch of the no, imagination. No. I think this is a team that, um, you know, probably won and done in the playoffs with beat, Suggs. We would have beat the Raiders if we had Terrell Suggs. I know that. Yeah. It's – I think the, the thing that I would change is I would actually want Will Davis back. And Ooh, Yeah. A lot of Ravens fans probably don't remember Will Davis. He was here for a very short period of time before uh, tearing his ACL, sadly. But um, like like every other Ravens cornerback in the history of the last two years. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he was a guy that did very, very well in the limited time he was here. Um, and he looked like, I mean, he probably wasn't a shutdown corner, but the Ravens didn't need that. They've got Jimmy Smith on the other side. And even though Jimmy Smith has not uh, lived up to his potential from the previous season uh, before his injury, the combination of those two, I think, would would have been enough to give the pass rush enough time to get home. And, and what we've seen so far to the pass rush this year, Kyle, is um, a little bit of what we saw late in the year last year, which is teams are just going to the quick pass. Um, the, the, the pass rush can't get there that quick, regardless of who's back there. Um, if you have to go ahead and give 10 yards to a wide receiver because you're worried about him beating you deep uh, or, or, or just burning you on an inside route. So I think by having Will Davis there, it doesn't make it a 7-0 team. It doesn't make it a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination. But I think having Will Davis back uh, is the thing that maybe gives the Ravens the biggest jump by the end of the season uh, to being a competitive team and maybe doing better in the playoffs uh, than – what they would have done even with Suggs. Right. I like that look. I'm still going to stay with the Suggs train, obviously, but I like I like Will Davis. He was great. I was very surprised because I thought he was going to be a bottom-tier kind of corner. I wrote an article on that, too, and uh, he came out and he made some good defensive stops. He really did. And it's unfortunate that 
a player that finally fucking starts playing good for the Ravens has to go down with an ACL. What? It's what's happened the entire season, and, yep. and uh, you know, I, I know the Baltimore Ravens uh, and Sarah Ellison kind of covered a little bit of that uh, earlier in the week, I believe, in their late for work segment. Um, where you know, it's just it's been a season of like weird things. Josh Scooby missing kicks, like um, like it's you and I out there trying to kick fifty yarders. Uh, Suggs going down with an injury. Yep. Uh, you know, just just across the board. You know, Monroe going down like after three snaps with a concussion and pretty much missing for most of the season so far. Yeah. It, it's it's stupid things like that where you go, what the hell? The butt catch? Yeah. You can't write this season up. Oh. It's it's such a weird, weird thing. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's I doubt there's any one thing that could have changed uh, the, the season's outlook um, like, like we're talking about. But, um, you know, it, give us a call and, and let us know what you guys think of – uh, you know, what, what you guys think could have been the thing that would have changed this season around yeah. Brashad Perryman being healthy, uh, you know, Jimmy Smith maybe being completely healthy versus I, I still think he has a little bit of that injury of the Linz Frank surgery uh, that he had before. But, uh, yeah, give us a call at 410-635-0869. We probably have about time to take one more call, I think, Kyle. Yeah, we can take one more if it's uh, pretty soon. So that's so, awesome. uh Give us a shout, and I'm going to go ahead and throw this up on Twitter, because that's what I do. Yep. <laughs> and for those listening later, obviously, this phone line does not work um, in these instances. So if you're, if you're listening to this later on tonight, uh, join us at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, if you're listening to us any other time outside of that, then that sucks, because you're not going to be able to call in. Yeah, that's, that's about the only time you can call us, folks. <laughs> Yeah, because otherwise I have it on Do Not Disturb, so uh, you're going to hear a lot of that inbox. Yeah, no kidding. But, um, yeah, you know, I hope this team can go ahead and win against the Chargers. I I seriously doubt it, and, um, you know, it's a little depressing. Just a little bit? That's all? (laughs) Just a little bit. Any any last callers? Any at all? Got somebody here on Twitter, Night Nurse Forty, retweeted the uh, number, but not calling it. G- give us a call, Night Nurse. I mean, you might be on shift, but you know those patients can wait. Yeah, this is this is Raven football, not life and death. Exactly, exactly. That catheter will do itself. Ah. I always got to take it like a step too far, don't I? Yes. <laughs> All right, Flapjack Dan, Miss Matthews, best NFL analyst. Uh, let's see who else we got in here. I think that's just, uh, Don Garbage. <laughs> Hook us up. That's that's what his name is. I'm you know. Yeah. Hook us up. Uh, go ahead and give us a call, and 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 we'll talk a little bit about the Ravens. Uh, again, have you guys vent? Have you guys uh, tell us how many crowns you would eat for a Ravens victory? You know, really anything at this point. We're kind of desperate for the attention. Just a little bit. All right. Well, at this point, since we've gotten no phone calls, I'm going to go ahead and call that one a night. Sounds about right. You are ready for a call. All right, folks. Well, thank you so very much for calling in and uh, talking with us. 
Thank you so much for uh, having a wonderful time, actually. Uh, I love doing this podcast every week. love having the comments. Uh, but, mainly, thanks for sticking with us through this terrible, terrible season. But you will catch us again on next Thursday doing the, as regular, Baltimore Beatdown podcast. We will still have this call-in number, so stick with us. If you didn't call us this week, call us next week. Call us any week you feel like it. My name, though, is Kyle Barber, and with me, as always, Matthew Stevens. Thank you very much for tuning in. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. If you like what we do, please like and share us on SoundCloud, Rabble.tv, and iTunes. Also, check out our Patreon account to donate as little as a dollar toward the cause and get some cool perks. Join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern for yet another Baltimore Beatdown Podcast.